0: Hey, MW, I'm Melissa. And I'm Stephanie Carcace. And we're two sisters and the founders of
1: Millennial Women. And your host of Millennial Women Talk. Elaine Goldsmith Thomas is the epitome of a timeless career. From becoming a powerhouse agent to actresses like Julia Roberts, Madonna, Halle Berry, and Jennifer Lopez, to producing some of our favorite films and TV series such as Made in Manhattan, Mona Lisa Smile, Hustlers, The Fosters, World of Dance, and so many more and even writing and producing films like
0: Second Act. Elaine proves that there are many lives to create in this one life we are blessed to experience, and that the only thing stopping you from living out your life is you. But Elaine, honestly, you're just fascinating. From your days of being an agent to now producing and writing, first, welcome to our show. It's an (laughs) honor, honor to have you on.
2: Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's fun to be, it's fun to do this, I love, that you're sisters and I love that you're doing it. And I love that it's called Millennial Women. And, um, yes. you know, and I love that
0: I get to be at home. <laughs> <laughs> it's just
2: so it's like fun. How do you not do it? I know, it's no, so great. It's
0: so, so great. So tell us a little bit, and you've had an incredible and very long career, um, which is so inspiring, but can you tell us a little bit about how it all started? How did you begin in entertainment?
2: It's funny because I'm writing a book, a historical Ooh, fiction, but okay. very much about what it was like to be a woman in the '80s at an agency where I started. Um, and you know, I, I graduated college a little early, so I started. I think I was just 21 um, when I started in this crazy industry, and it was a, it was just it was different. Yeah. It was different. It was the '80s, and and. Um, um, I had wanted to get my boyfriend when I was in high school, an agent, I wanted to do anything for my boyfriend. I just wanted to get the yes, you know, it was like, oh my God, I worshiped him and, and he barely knew I was alive. So that only, that only propelled me. Further. And I, um, I want, and he wanted an agent. He said, I want an agent. And I, I, I said, oh, not a problem though. I didn't know what one was exactly. Um, I had a cut times removed who was famous and of course I lied to him and I said I have a cousin who can help you um and then I had to figure out how to get in touch with the cousin who by the time I did um (laughs) I couldn't get in touch so I um I, I I was working at a card store in the Northridge Mall I'm a California girl that's where I'm from the valley deep valley I just wanted to live closer to Ventura Boulevard that was how limited my aspirations were and I was um Working at a card store, and I had all of the girls at the card store put in order all of the agencies that were in California at the time. This was, I don't know, eighty three. No, this was in, and this was, this was in this, this was, I think, God, it might have been eighty. And so we put all of the agents in 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 order, all the agencies by locale, you know. Yeah. So you go in Hollywood, and you, you, these people were in Beverly Hills. And then I, on my days off, I'd take my dad's car, dodge, dart, swinger, and I'd go over the hill and I, and I, and I had his portfolio, which I had paid for. And I, and I, I went to every agent and, and, I, and I understood the rules. I learned them quickly that right. you had to get friendly to the receptionist to get to the secretary, to get to the agent. And I was jumping up and down, he was very short, so I was naming every short actor I could think. There's Justin Hoffman in here. I've got Al Pacino. You know, I was like, you know, trying to get someone's attention. And and finally, finally by the end of summer, I had I had finagled an interview with an actual agent, a guy wow. who had a um, an agency at Boulevard. And I said, Look, what you know, what harm is it gonna be? You know, because suddenly it occurred to me this isn't two plus two equals four. This was an amorphous business that these people put their fingers in their mouths to see which way the wind was blowing. And I knew how to blow wind. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. a title. Um, yeah. But I, I, mean, love that. I, knew how to, I knew how to create excitement and I knew mm-hmm. how to introduce enough doubt to them, enough excitement to them, the possibility of what if that I could get them to pay attention. And i got this guy so what's it gonna cost you give him 10 minutes of your time because all i wanted to do was deliver this yes to my boyfriend so that i could finally say before i went off to college um hey i got you an interview and before i went off to college in 80 you know i i i i I got him an interview wow and the guy said yes and then I'm, i'm away at college and it turns out that 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 the guy not only said yes but the guy got him a um, a job. He became. He got some some gig on 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 chips, right? Wow. And I thought, oh my God, his face is going to be chiseled into the Mount Rushmore <laughs> Hall of Fame. I was like, you know, I'm glad that I had one little part of the his career. Maybe he'll remember me when we're ninety, and I'll <laughs> say, remember when? Yeah. And um and 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 he and I fizzled out, but I never forgot the thrill yeah. I had in getting the S. Yes. Never. <sighs> It was so profoundly interesting to me. And I knew I was good at it. And I realized this is a business based on air. And what you have to do is shape it and shape the air into the dreams and make the dreams into a reality. And I knew I was good. And so um, when I graduated, the first place I went to was the William Morris Agency. And I got a job as a secretary.
1: Wow. And you went solely based off of gut instinct, right? You trusted your gut. And especially that, yes, sort of like was that stamp of approval to say you're good at this. Yeah. It's something to pursue, right? You know,
2: it it defined me. It, yeah. it,
1: I think that when I
2: was a kid, my father, when they said no, it just meant you didn't try hard enough. Do it mm. again. Figure out a different way you know, it, it, it was really good for my career. Personally, it makes me lack discipline a little bit. You know, <laughs> don't eat that cake. Well, maybe I will.
0: Um, you know, it it, it,
2: it. it. I don't take no easily, which can be very frustrating for my husband. But you know, <laughs> I think, I. I think I had found I had because of this guy, and this experience, I had stumbled into what would become my future, wow. and what I would say to people women is that your careers are not planned they happen Mm. and you have to look at the opportunity around you and learn from it and excise what you can do well in it and then see where you go you you, it it, it is not paint by numbers ladies and the future is the future is limitless so you Mm. don't only have to do one thing
1: Yes. Right. Which is what's so what we love so much about your career and why we wanted to have you on the show was because of that. Right. You started off in one point and almost like your career is like a rainbow. So it's mm-hmm. full of so many colors and you haven't said no to yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. You yourself are, are limitless. I would love to know when was that switch for you when you went from agent to producing and then writing? Because you have such a beautiful career. But when was that switch for you?
2: Well, I've always been a writer, but I never wanted to own it. I was afraid mm. or I was, um, I, I was afraid of being judged because I had started as a secretary and I worked really hard in the boys club in the eighties at yeah. a very big boys club place called the William Morris agency. And it was hard. It was hard. The, the, the sexism that just the everyday things. I mean, I don't know if this is an R rated podcast, so I can't tell you.
0: No, we keep it you, real. We keep it real.
1: <laughs> Are for real, Elaine. Yeah. <laughs> but well,
2: after I after I write the book, I'll come back and we'll really talk okay. about some of those um, interesting experiences. But, but it was hard mm. to be a woman um, in the 80s and want to succeed and be allowed in and not be hated and not remind them of their mothers or their sisters or the people they saw at Temple. Yeah. They wanted their... Secretaries. some actually when I started one of the agents called them sexy Terry's and that was allowed wow you know that's maybe it, it it had echoes of people they 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 kept at distance and you know and certainly if you were ambitious as a secretary they did not they frowned upon secretaries becoming trainees becoming agents some did but it was not an easy road. So by the time I became an agent, I was so dying to get out and get started. And I I came out of the gate fast. And I needed to prove myself because it had been a very hard um, progression for me to get promoted, very hard. And um, um, I needed to prove myself um, over and over again to the, the, the men on the first floor the the board of directors the guys who controlled not only the paychecks but your future it's kind of like i don't know i always wanted to get the a in school i needed the validation somehow I, it never mm-hmm. stopped so i was always trying to impress them get the pat on the back right and um and i did that and 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 i ended up you know much because of great women i worked with um a woman named tony howard who's still an agent who's you know, she represents Samuel Jackson and Laura Linney and, um, I don't know, I mean, a, a host, Michael Keaton, a host of people. She mentored me and a woman named JJ Harris who died very young, a woman named Risa Shapiro who signed Julia Roberts and introduced her to me. Um, standing on their shoulders and with them, I was able to make a name for myself, wow. honestly. Um And I found that it was the women in my life who, who, who gave me their hand more than not. And, um, you know, I, 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 I guess I wish I had realized it at the time, Hmm. but I was too busy trying to myself. So I, I worked at William Morris until, um, until 19, uh, I think 1991 maybe. And, um, and, 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 and there, the, there were agency wars, there was an agency called ICM, an agency called CAA, and they were all coming after our clients, and in some cases, us, the agents. And finally, um, uh, Risa Shapiro, who's a, another agent who, who signed uh, Julia, and I went to ICM <clears throat> and we took our clients. Some, we took pretty much, we represented the most powerful mm-hmm. women in the business and we went to ICM mm. and we worked for a man who supported strong women, who liked strong women, a man named Jeff Burke. And we worked there through the nineties and it was there that I was able to really, you know, hone my craft because I was lucky enough to represent um, Julia, who was the biggest star in the world. Yes. Um, and, um, and, and as a result, we read every female <laughs> Genre script you can imagine, sure, and and it's almost like majoring in the female audience. You know that's what I did in the nineties and beyond. Julie, I represented a lot of people: Spike Lee, Mm. Tim Robbins, Susan Sarandon. We had Andy McDowell. We had Jennifer Connelly. We had Patrick Dempsey. Mm. We had we had so many people.
1: (laughs) Big (laughs) Dreamy. I will always
2: remember him for
0: McDreamy. Um, Matt
2: Dillon. <laughs> I was lucky enough to represent Darren Starr and oh, and help him oh, um, set up on Sex and the city. Mm-hmm. Um, Iconic. And doing that, I would read scripts and I would call the writers and go, hey, what if you do this? Mm-hmm. And sometimes the writers went, I love it. And sometimes the writers were like, be an agent. Ugh, yeah. And I found myself yearning to work on story mm-hmm. and I think of everything I've ever done in my career. Looking back, the scariest thing was was because I had become, arguably one of one of the most powerful agents in the business mm-hmm. by ninety, you know, 89 I represented Madonna. I represented wow. Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Um, I had moved from L. A. to New York um, because my husband, um, my boyfriend at the time, who later became my husband, lived in New York, and I always wanted to live there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want, you know, I didn't want to just wake up, no pun, with my client list. Mm. I wanted more. Mm. So um, I moved and people had said, you shouldn't, you're, you're going to ruin your career. You're going to. And I went, okay, you know, I, I'm going to see where it goes. I don't quite know why I was fearless because I I'm I'm afraid of so many things, but I just <laughs> decided to believe in myself. Yeah. Especially wow. at the height of your career, right? Well, yeah. I didn't realize how powerful I was. Mm. I didn't realize like initially that my boss had said, no, you can't move to New York. I went, okay. And
0: still <laughs> And good someone at...
2: went, you know, yeah. fuck that. Yeah. What are you talking right. about? What do you... And I went, yeah, I think I'm going to, you know, stop me.
0: Yeah. Wow.
2: And so I went and, and at first I was scared. And, and, and then when I went, I think quickly thereafter, I signed Madonna. I, and, 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 and I signed Jennifer Lopez and I signed Matt Dillon. I think that was when I signed Spike Lee, you know, I, I, I reinvented
0: mm. and
2: I guess if there's any lesson that I would say, it's that every 10 years you should reinvent mm. or you should look at yourself and go, what can I do different? You no, know? I, 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 I mean, I believe that I believe that we get, we get stuck in a, in a rut. Mm. And I don't know how, at the age of 22, you can say, this is what I'm going to do forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe some people get, but, you know, I look at Jennifer Lopez, who became my friend. um, When I, when I signed her, we became friends. I guess that was in 98. Um, God, so long (laughs) ago. It's crazy. I know. But. Even she was a dancer who became an actress, an actress who became a singer, a singer who became a brand, yeah. a brand who became a businesswoman, and now one of the biggest icons on the planet. Yeah. And you know, she was marginalized, yeah. truly resented, made fun of
0: mm-hmm.
2: by a lot of people in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. They, it's kind of like haters hate, and then they copy,
1: mm-hmm. right? Yes. Oh yeah.
2: And she was, and kind it. Of, And it wasn't that she wasn't affected by it because of course she was, but she wasn't afraid by it. She wasn't scared by it. Mm. Anyway, I, at a certain point I thought, I think I need to end this. I think I don't want to be an agent anymore. I realized that making the deals was not the fun for me. It was what I call the Zamboni. It's my word, you know, the guy on the ice that, that polishes it.
0: Mm.
2: I like getting scripts and and doing the Zamboni and trying to find the gold. And I do it on movies and I go, gosh, if they could do it this way. And it probably drives everyone crazy. But <laughs> that's really what I wanted. And I and I and I did. And and, and Joe Roth, who um, who's a very big producer at the time, was running a studio and he had um, a lot of backing for his own studio. So he. I, I said to him, I would love to run your studio in, in New York. Oh, wow. And and maybe work writing. And he said, okay. Oh, wow. So I left agency, which was a pretty big deal.
0: Yeah.
1: And
2: I I started to run Revolution Studios in New York City. Wow. And, you know, they did everything from Black Hawk Down to Cross the Universe to Made in Manhattan to um, 13 Going on 30 to... <laughs> I love that movie. You know, it's one of my favorites. (laughs) Yeah. Mona Lisa's Smile, you know, a lot of great films. And I sort of did the, what I call the female ones. Right. Mm. Um, Those are the ones that I oversaw. And they did other great films. I'm just not thinking of them all. And so I, because Joe believed in me and allowed me this amazing opportunity, I began to run the studio and there you could run and produce. Oh, wow. Yeah, a woman named Deborah Schindler, who had produced um, How Stella Got Her Groove Back okay. and Waiting to Exhale, and and, ta- and she was she was going to run Julia's production company, who had a deal with Joe, and um, she taught me how to produce. Wow, and again I I, I relied on her, right. her skill and um, kindness and 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 I under and I learned because it was a big learning curve going from an agent to that. But again, I wanted to write, yeah, <laughs> and um I, I I actually I actually wrote on um, made in Manhattan. we had gotten a script that needed a pretty much a page one rewrite, and we didn't have time. We were in a box, so it was kind of like Joe said, "Pull up your sleeves and do it," and I did, and um it wasn't about credit, and I didn't get credit, and it's okay the The,
0: the,
2: the writer who got credit knows what I did and I know what I did, but <laughs> what it did is it showed me that I could do it right. Right. And I remember Bob Hoskins, Bob Hoskins, who was in the movie *Rest in Peace*. He played the butler. Mm-hmm. He was seen He saw that doing rewrite, and he said, "You must write, wow. you must," because I had written a scene for him, and and it sort of haunted me. And I thought, okay, and you know, I'd I'd worked on other scripts, but I I, I never took credit until much later. I started to take credit and stand in the truth of yes, I'm a I'm a writer producer, and that's probably that's where I am now well I mean who knows where I'll be in years? but you know um so that that's that's the short version of
0: the long road yeah I love that I mean so many questions even like you mentioning like the boys club in Hollywood like is it still like that like and also what's the mind frame as a woman that you have to have in order to secure that spot at the table
2: I just felt like you know, you couldn't judge anybody. It was hard. Some of that we had to navigate monsters. Some of us became monsters. Wow. I mean, it 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 was hard. You can't judge people, right. or you can, I guess. But I try to look at it in a kaleidoscopic way from three hundred and sixty degrees. Mm. Um, it was hard the boys club and is it still i don't know i hate when the world calls the movies rom-coms mm-hmm. i think oh, that's insidious Seth. i'm so worth i think you it's on insidious that. because i think that movies that you love like heaven can wait in terms of endearment and jerry mcguire yes. and movies that, that stand the test of time tootsie yes they're yeah. all rom-coms but what we've done now is we have marginalized them we call them chick flicks yes. and we yes. reduce them as if they are somehow not as and so, does the boys' club exist? Yes, it exists in all of us, and we've got to elevate. Yes, we've got to give women chances, and we've got to support women. And you know, now I'm 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 I've been um, for the last nine years working as um, Jennifer's partner, and for the last I don't know four or five movies, we've worked with female directors, other female producers, female editors, female. We have to give women the chance. I want to give back to women the way I was mentored by women. Mm, that's amazing. Um a woman named Sue Mang was a very famous agent, tough, you know, much older than I, legendary by the time I was a secretary, you know, I guess saw herself in me and 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 believed in me. And that meant a lot to me. So trying to mentor other women, I mean, that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this because it's called Millennial Women. Yeah. And um Letting them know that there's not any one way to do it, you know?
1: That's so important. And, you know, it's it's funny because even when I reached out to you, what we take pride on in our show is our mentor episodes because we do value people such as yourself who have, in a way, even through social media and through this podcast, you know, mentoring all of us, right? Mm -hmm. It's important for us to know where you've been, where you've come from and where you're going in order for us to also see the light at the end of the tunnel for us. Right. And that's what we love so much about, you know, not about the year 2020, okay, but about the the situation in terms of the Internet, the power of connection, like how we are right now. You know, you're in New York and we're in Miami, but we're connecting here. We're not, you know, we're we're continuing to move forward in a very positive, in a positive light. And that means a lot to not just me and Steph, but to our community, because we need women like yourself to step in and say, just like how you said, there is no right way of doing things.
2: There is no end of the tunnel. That's what you have to realize. There is no, the the, the light is, you know, you might have detours. You know, I wrote a script called Second Act. I actually wrote on other movies more than I even wrote on Second Act, but I took credit on Second Act because it was really inspired by mm, myself, by Jennifer, that the only thing stopping you is you. Yeah. If you guys wanted to write a screenplay, you could do it. You've got to take the straitjacket off your own Yes. Sense yes. of I can't or I'm too old, yes. I'm too um, fat or I'm too whatever. You know, the only thing stopping you from living the life that you want to live is you. Mm-hmm. And yes. once you recognize that and you go, who gives a fuck what anyone says? Right. You are emancipated. And then you have to live and die on your own success. And if you fail, because you will, we all do. Mm-hmm. You have to stand up. Wipe yourself off and be better because of the failure, learn from it. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's what I'm saying to to you, to your listeners, you know, it's all about the pivot. Yes, Yes. Life is, you get up and you look at the road around you and oh my goodness, there's a lion in the road, pivot. Mm -hmm. Or oh my gosh, there's a flower over there, pivot, smell it, pivot, avoid, pivot be okay with the pivot yeah. you can't anticipate it but life is about the, how well we pivot mm. and how well we adjust and sometimes i do it really well sometimes i don't sometimes i worry like where are we going and yeah. you know how will this end right and i suppose none of it is if we um if we create enough of an echo
0: mm.
2: you know it's funny social media. I'm on Instagram now. And and we follow you. Yeah. (laughs) Do you follow my Instagram? You do? Yes, I love it. So my Instagram I I I have to it's embarrassing, but like I'm now getting people going, Come on, you're not posting or or the pressure (laughs) I'm getting from it.
0: Oh my God. There is a lot of pressure
2: yeah i have a lot of pressure on this now Amen. and i don't have a lot i've got like a hundred thousand followers it's not like i'm millions of people but <laughs> but what's funny is it does connect you to people all over yeah. the world in a way that you you can't be We would never be i i love the future maybe mm. that's the secret yes. the future yes. excites me i yes. love the fact that I can I can't wait to see driverless cars that come and pick you yes. up and that with a Bluetooth know your schedule so they gas themselves and they drive themselves and they take you to where <laughs> you need to be and you can have meetings in the cars and and your cars are your computer I can't wait. Yes.
1: Oh, me yeah. too. Yes. Oh, you're, you are speaking. She talks about this all on, the time. Hold on. You're speaking my language because like <laughs> my dream is to have a Tesla out of all cars. I have to have a Tesla just because it drives itself and so it funny. summons to you. Like the car, it could be parked anywhere. The car comes to you. Yeah. Like you're speaking my language. This is like my excitement. Yeah. Yes. Okay, Melissa, <laughs>
2: let me give you a little tip. They're all going to have, They're in about two or three years, they're all going to drive to you. I can't and wait. And here's what you'll be doing: you'll you'll have you won't own cars. You'll have a an account with like an oh. Uber company, and oh. you'll say this week I'd like a Tesla, and the Tesla yes. will come to you. It'll pick up your schedule yeah. on Bluetooth. It'll take you to where you need to be. It'll know your doctor's appointments. It'll park itself. Oh. It'll t- it'll it'll maintain itself. The, but next week you'll say, oh my gosh, we're going up to to the mountains. Can we have a four by four and a truck yeah. will show up. The next week, they'll you'll say, "I yeah. just want a little, you know, a little uh, whatever you call it, a Prius, yeah. to do errands." Yeah, you'll it's you'll so pay a like monthly this. subscription to a service yeah. that will service all those cars. So the way you're thinking is even 2020. But if you think of a service, which I think is already out there.
1: True. Well, I, I was. Well, I was gonna say. When are you gonna start this company? I was just gonna say. Are you, when are you starting this company? Because this is. This is like gonna kick Uber's butt. I
2: think it. I think it exists, and I think what it'll be is instead of paying um, uh, a lease for a car, right? You'll pay a subscription to one of those companies where you can drive, and, and your kids will go. Wait a second. You mean you bought one car and that was all you drove? Right. And yes. you had to gas it, and you had to maintain it. They go, God, that was so hard because yes. the so pe- people that are, are being born now, when they grow up, they're not going to know how to drive. Yeah, they're not- They'll, they'll, they'll have a, they'll have a company that provides cars based on our need, that mm-hmm. drives you wherever you need to go. That weighs it because it's all through Bluetooth, Right. your schedule, your contacts, your meetings, your appointments, and that's the future. And I yeah. can't wait.
0: Oh my God. And
2: as much as I enjoy driving myself. Because with each generation, you you find you miss something. I, I remember when I was making Mona Lisa Smile, we were working at a, a library. And I picked up a book that was written in the 1870s. And the writer was reminiscing about the good old days in the 1830s. Mm. So each generation with progress feels
1: like they're missing something yeah. from
2: the generation before,
1: Right, yeah. I think. Oh, absolutely. I definitely think that. And I, and I love it. I'm just like
0: you, I get so excited about the future. And even, I mean, that that's kind of like, even with the car situation, like I'm getting ready to sell my car and there's an app called Turo that you can just rent out instead of like committing to this lease. Like I'm kind of like the wanderlust bird of the family. So I feel like she loves to travel. I can't have attachments. (laughs) Like if I have a lease car here, like I can, then I can't leave. Wait, so what is, what is Turo? What is Turo? So, Turo is an app that you pretty much, rent. it's yeah. kind of like an Airbnb for cars. So, when I go to LA or wherever I go, I can just rent a car instead of like going the traditional route. I just rent somebody's car. And it's like you can rent it for however long you want or how little you want. You have all this array of different cars. So, like, I, everything that you're well, talking about, you're like, you're renting oh, someone else's car. Right. Like, but, I, like I do think, like, I think it was like Volkswagen that is starting to do something like that. No, which Volvo. Is, well, yeah. Volvo. Where you can lease through them. Yes. Right. So I, I love it. I mean, I, it,
2: it, it's coming guys. It's coming yeah. much like the movie business that is now sort of becoming a streaming business. Yeah. It, I, it, it's coming and it's not because of it. And maybe it is because of the pandemic, but it's all foretold, you know, and yes, you can right. fight it and bemoan it, or you can go along with it and go, okay, right. that's yeah. the future. And I, 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 I kind of am excited by the future right now. Let's yes. see where I am in 10 years. Once, and Let me see where I am about the future in the future.
0: And it's perspective, like right. that perspective to look like for you to say, I'm excited for the future right. in 2020, going through all that right. we've been through this year. I mean, like I'm in awe of that because ultimately it really falls into the perspective. Like, cause you always have that choice. You can be like, I'm scared of what's gonna happen. I'm scared of the future. Or you can just focus on what you're saying, like progress or the what could be, right? Just that perspective. Yeah, but if
2: you're afraid of the future, your fear doesn't alter it. You Mm. see. So why not embrace? Why not embrace it um, as opportunity? As you know, I'm excited because we have so much on the on our horizon, Jennifer and I. Right. And um, we're building this huge company called New Eureka Productions, and I love working with her. Mm-hmm. She's just um empowered and um loving and um you know and 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 helps you believe in yourself. So yeah. it's great to have a partner like that. You know, it really is. That. Um and 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 relentless.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> she never yeah. stopped. She never, she's <laughs> I doing know. a video right now. That so, is so awesome. You know.
2: Yeah.
0: I also I'm very curious because I have seen, you know, your work together, especially with JLo now, you know, second act and, you know, art is so deep. I always feel like before anybody are going to listen to, you know, governments, they are going to hear music, they're going to see films. Do you ever feel like a sense of responsibility when you're creating, you know, this piece of art in a film and putting it out there? Do you feel like Oh my god, millions of people are going to watch this and ultimately I'm going to influence, you know, right. humanity in some way shape or form. Do you ever feel that? Yeah, I mean on like on second yeah,
2: on second act I wanted to do more to it, but what happens on the films is that other people come in and it becomes mm-hmm. this this um this this collaborative, you know, right. art and so it's not one person. Yeah. Right. You, you, you have to find a way, you know, there's a cartoon character when I was a kid called baboom, which was this little kind of guy that would open his mouth and go baboom and the mountain would crush. Right. <laughs> but you can't baboom everything. Right. Mm. You have to figure out other ways to go around it. And, and do I worry about the message? No. Sometimes I wish, it had hit it better. I zamboni my own stuff and go, oh, we should have done that, or I wish they would have done that. But at a certain point, it's gotta live. And it's it's not one person's vision. It's the compilation of a group of people that you worked with. And so warts and all, you try to appreciate it much like a child. Right. You know, you you birth a child and 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 they take on their own experiences. They they grab from the world and they, they morph into versions of who you wanted, but they've got their own lives. Well, Mm -hmm. so do movies. Mm -hmm. So you can't be proprietary, you know, um, you have to allow them to become whatever it is they become and, and hope that people find joy or enlightenment or entertainment as a result of them. You know, that's, that's how it is for me. Tell me about your listeners. Who are your listeners and 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 what is your audience?
1: I mean, our listeners are millennial women, right? And they're from, I think now they're about 25, 26, all the way up to 38. Yeah. So I'm 32 and Steph is 29. 29. Um, so we are like the real, yes. and I'm not saying the real millennials, but you know, right in that in that sweet spot of our generation.
0: And, you know, exciting because, you know, we never have to focus on like, what are we going to talk about? It's like, what do we actually need right now in this state in our life? So our listeners really are interested in. In growing mind, yeah. body, and soul, and that's what we focus on. And and conversations like this, that you know, thank you for being so open. I can't wait to read your book. <laughs> that's going to be amazing.
2: It, the book, the book is historical fiction, and they keep going more sex, more sex. I'm like, ah. but um, it, 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 it's it's the book is fun. It's fun. It's really about yeah. three women who 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 bring an agency to their to its knees. I love. it. Um, I don't know what it's called yet. I, I I was thinking of curves with balls, but I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's almost Cur- like, I, love that. I love
1: that. It's almost like the the new um like the new version of nine to five. You know, like the movie nine to five. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's a little. It's a little like um, you know, I don't know what it is. It's it's a little. It's very soapy because right. you're gonna follow the lives of these three women who come from three different places and um and and bully the bullies. Um, okay. and some of them become the very police that they're bullying. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it, it doesn't try to pretend too much, but when you look at what's happened in the past few years with the Me Too movement and the Harvey Weinsteins of right. the world, who I knew, mm-hmm. um, you understand that there was an environment that allowed that behavior to flourish. There was yeah. an environment before the eighties. There was, they say that, Louis B. Mayer, um, uh, you know, uh, um, kind of bullied, harassed um, Shirley Temple. So it was um, a playground where people got away with as much as they were allowed to get away with. And the more powerful they were.
1: Right. And in a way, they almost felt like, you know, when it's funny, because when I first got when I first moved to L.A., to start in my career as an actor. Um, So I've been an actor since I was 14. I remember my dream was always to work with Harvey Weinstein because he always made all the Oscar films. And I remember this one writer, um, Mark Klein, I don't know if you know him, who um, has written a lot of great movies, had said to me, if you ever meet him, you know, never go by yourself, you know? And I never really, like, I was like, okay. I never really go by myself anywhere, but I didn't understand until obviously much later and understood what people were saying about what was going on. That I truly was was afraid. You know, I was afraid about certain situations, uh, you know. And the industry can get very yeah.
0: complicated. But, but even on, like, uh, that was happening happening on a super high level. But it really trickled down because right. on my end, like, as I was in music, like, we were both doing entertainment in, in L.A. Like, I was dealing with people that, I mean, they weren't to that even high level. But right. still adapted that that kind of atmosphere like oh you want to do this song where well, you're going to have to do this like who are you you know it was right. it was just the atmosphere it was how much you wanted it I was um yeah. when I was a young secretary
2: we, we were all gathered in the conference room because um our client the client of the agency Bill Cosby wanted to um um thank us all for his it was a Christmas I guess and and he wanted it was his way of he threw a big lunch for all the secretaries and we were there and I remember him saying to me, we had our name tags, and he said to me, "Um, what's your name? And I said, Elaine Goldsmith. And he said, and do you wanna be a secretary? And and, in those days, at William Morris, if you said you wanted to do more, they frowned on it because they they didn't want their secretaries to think they could become agents. So I said, that's all I want. And he said, where'd you go to college? And I told him, and he said, and that's all you want? Come on, I bet you're smart. And we talked for a while, we talked about my majoring in communications and rhetoric and the art of argumentation. And, we, it, and I felt like, wow, this guy sees me. Yeah. He really believed in me. He couldn't have been nicer. And he spoke to me in, the, in a way that made me feel, like I said, seen. And afterward, got a call from um, downstairs, one of the secretaries saying, Mr. Cosby would like you to go and we, they want these contracts signed, go to his um, hotel mm. and, and bring it to him. I was going to, I was like, yes, how bad, fantastic. He right. liked me, he believed in me. And a friend of mine who worked for the president of the agency, oh. um, I saw her in the bathroom, I think, and she said, do not go.
0: Mm. Now
2: she didn't say, this is what's She said, don't go, it won't be good, don't go. I promise you, don't go. Mm. And she scared me enough. Yeah. Because I really felt like, oh, come on, I'm fine, nothing's good. But she scared me enough. She said, tell them you have cramps. And so I did. And I didn't go. And I wonder what would have happened because I was so gullible. And I so, again, wanted to be seen, recognized as somebody who had value and, you know, was more than just a typist. That I don't know. But I never went. And, and, and to be fair, he was perfectly lovely to me when I saw him. Right. But of course, what you hear about later. And when I was an agent, I, I never knew about Harvey. I mean, I knew he was a dog, kind of a boys right. boy, but he, he I had such big stars. I represented such big stars that he, and he didn't prey on the big, big stars. He mm. preyed on the ingenues. Right. right. And so I th- in my head, I thought maybe he cheats on his wife. I mean, it it never hit my radar.
1: Right. And it's scary, right, to think, you know, all women in all industries, what they have had to face, right, right, in order to succeed. Because at the end of the day, they do two things to you. They make you either feel, like, seen where they trick you, right, to, to take advantage of you, or they think that they're doing you a favor, so they diminish you. And they say, well, you know, they make you, like, work hard for something, but they just make you feel like they're doing you the favor, right? And then you almost feel like, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later when it comes to salaries and stuff like that. But, you know, I would love to know from your perspective, especially when it came to you writing and creating, you know, your own films. I know that in in Hustlers, for example, it was really hard to get that project uplifted. I
2: didn't, I didn't, I didn't write Hustlers at all. I mean, that was Lorene Scafaria who wrote Hustlers. But But you produced it it. It was hard. It was hard. I, I produced it. I went around with Lorreen and um, a woman named Jessica Elbaum again <laughs> reliant on the women in my life. Yeah. And I and again, my if I have a special skill, it's it's selling. It was from right. all those years of being an agent and right. learning how to get the yes, right? right? Right. That's probably what the book will be called, getting the yes. I love that. Um uh and yeah. And um um I went everywhere. And and, and Lorene had cut an amazing um, uh, uh, sizzle reel. And she is a beautiful lyrical director. And she in her mind knew everything she wanted to do. And I gave a great preamble. And Jessica Elbaum was there who works with Gloria Sanchez. And Lorene was there. And every single person, including Netflix, passed and said, people said, you know, no one's going to want to see a woman conning men. And I said, but you mm. all love Wolf of Wall Street with a guy right, conning exactly. women. I mean, right. and, yeah, right. but people don't want to see this. Why don't you make the guys rapists? And then everyone can root for the women. i oh, on. Said, but that wasn't this, this is based on a,
0: true, a story. true story. So
2: it was this one man, Adam Fogelson at STX. I called him and I said, can you listen to this? And he did. And then he watched Lorene's sizzle reel which was phenomenal I can't even I can't describe it it was so well put together it, it showed all of of, of it showed it, it 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 showed women in the hustle yeah. it showed women trying to do what men do yeah, I mean, it showed how they've they've gotten to the point where they're fed up don't right. hate the player hate the game and if you can't hate the game join the game
0: mm-hmm. and
2: and it was and so um adam said yes and then we had to really tap dance to make it we had to he wanted us to 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 keep casting pushing at us we got cardi um we got um lizzo and um and and we made it in with not a lot of money in in, in 29 days which is you wow. know about 10 to 15 days shorter than a normal than a movie with a bigger budget I should say. And um and 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 I think we finished it in May and we released it in September. It was so crazy quick. <laughs> um and and it was and it was great and it was and so good. I, I, it felt so sweet and amazing and 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 we have a movie coming out, which I'm not sure when this is going to air. Is this
1: going to air right around the movie? Yes, we? it yes. is. Because we're going to talk about Marry Me for sure. And I want to talk yeah. about it. I want to <laughs> know
2: everything about it. i wait till you guys see the trailer. It's so good. They're, they're making us hold it because, you know, because of the pandemic. And they, they do want to make it an event because it's an album and a film. It, oh, it, cool. it, it's It's about destiny. And, and and it's about the pageant of being married and as opposed to the reality of it. And mm. it's really about celebrity and social media and destiny, I would say, because you have a woman who on social media is in love with a guy who on social media professes his love, <laughs> but she finds out they're going to get married actually at Madison Square Garden in front of 20 million people because they're live streaming it or wow. at another venue because they're live streaming it. And she finds out just before that her boyfriend is um that her fiance is cheating with her assistant oh, wow. so um you know it, it, she has one of these moments that you have in life where you're at a crossroads only she has it in front of 20 million people wow. and she melts down and, and and has this meltdown on stage about life about love being a lie and maybe if somebody you know can actually do this to you maybe maybe love is about just taking a leap of faith with someone you don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe you take love off the table and at that moment you see this guy who is completely wrong for her, like this just a, a generic teacher who was dragged there by his best friend. And he's holding his best friend's sign. And of course the sign is the first song that she was gonna sing to her fiance as the new single she's released and it's called, Marry Me. Mm-hmm. So at that moment that she sees him, her and, and, and sort of as a gag and a goof and a fuck you to her, her, her <laughs> yeah. fiance, her cheating fiance. She, she, um, she says yes.
0: Wow.
2: And the movie is about the journey that these three people take. Maluma is her, um her, her fiance oh, wow. and he's Lovely. I, I I couldn't love working with him more. He's just a dream. And he was a great actor.
0: I'm excited to see him. Yeah. As an actor.
1: Is this his first acting, is this his first acting role?
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking t- forward to it. He that. dove in. He understood it.
1: He he didn't
2: judge the guy. He said, look, you know, they broke up. He had a little thing. You know.
1: Um, <laughs> and uh, trying to justify
2: everything. That's <laughs> so and, funny. And it's about love and celebrity and living in a fishbowl and ignoring the fishbowl and ignoring the comments and getting to know somebody and it's the most beautiful music you've heard it's such great catchy songs yeah. and it's a love story like Roman Holiday I don't know if you know the movie yes. with, with Audrey Hepburn mm-hmm. it's oh I love it or it's the or it's you know it's 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 a romantic comedy. I won't call it a rom com, right. yeah. but it's probably ro- more romantic than anything else because it's about a woman falling in love with who she is and not mm-hmm. who she's supposed to be. That's a great. And great um, I love it. Yeah. yeah. I I I love it. I cannot wait for people to see it. It's Yay. been torture. <laughs> so the the if the pandemic personally has p- bummed me out, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's such a good movie. Oh, so right. it's called Marry Me and it's um, Jennifer Lopez and and Owen Wilson, who's amazing and Maluma and um, uh, Sarah Silverman, who is Owen Wilson's best friend, who drags him to the wedding. And <laughs> Mish- Melissa. Uh, oh, it, it's so lovely. It's lovely.
0: I love oh it. I oh. am so excited to see this film. I yeah. mean, this has been so lovely talking with you, but I want to ask you one last question. What is the best advice you can give to us and also to our listeners about life in general?
2: All right. You're the traveler, right?
0: Yeah, she is.
2: (laughs) Don't stop. Don't Mm. stop. I think the advice I gave you was buried in the podcast. Pivot. It is. Mm -hmm. Guys, look around you every day at the opportunities, at the obstacles. Figure out a way to get around them. Don't be so hard on yourselves. Forgive yourselves your mistakes. You will make them forgive yourselves, your transgressions, you will make them. Try to be better than your mistakes and your transgressions. Try to be kind and try to help other people paying it forward because you sometimes when you do look back, which I don't do a lot because, you know, then I'd feel like I'm a (laughs) hundred. But when you do look back, try to recognize the people who have helped you and then pay it forward by helping other people. That's my motto. And remember, The only thing holding you back is you. You wanna be an actress, Melissa, still be an actress. The only thing holding you back and stopping you is you. Nothing else is. Nobody's judgments. nobody's saying no. Figure, Reinvent, there's a lot of ways through the mountain. You can boom it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or you could climb it step by step or you can find another way in. But whatever your dream is, figure out a way to try to get there and just keep trying. That's what I would say, you
1: millennial women, you. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love Elaine. That. What beautiful words. You actually got me a little bit emotional. So. I know. I appreciate it so much. And thank you for taking the time to talk with us yes. and spend time with our listeners. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Elaine.
2: Well, I can't wait. And I can't wait for 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 you guys to see marry me. And yes. you can follow me on Instagram at EGT239, because I will be putting up little um, marry me stuff on on my okay. site.
1: oh yes absolutely we love it okay thank you so much elaine thanks elaine bye guys Bye. bye thank you for tuning in to today's episode make sure you check out elaine's new film marry me and follow her on instagram at
0: egt239 and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review this helps us bring you inspirational conversations just like this to you every single week
1: We encourage you to continue on with the conversation. Keep being the strong, amazing woman
0: that you are and never forget to live inspired. Until next time, always love Melissa and Stephanie Carcace.